Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 74 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. We are so glad you are here with us today. And as we said at the top of the hour, the theme of our show is, it's not the gun again Still, meaning, you know, so often in all these conversations that we're having about whether you're pro-gun or anti-gun, that you can remove the word gun and still do good work to help humanity and still make good policy and still be able to defend and protect yourself in areas where maybe you, you can't have a gun or don't have a gun with you. And today, right now, our next guest is John Harris. Now, John has been in the law enforcement field for over three decades. He's worked in municipal, county, and federal law enforcement. He's a retired Army NCO who was at the fall of the Berlin Wall and served during the first Gulf War. He became chief of military police investigations at Fort Dix, New Jersey, before leaving the Army. And he now also, in addition to all the other things he does, writes for OpsLens.com. And he has a recent article that deals with how to survive a home invasion. Welcome to the show. Are you with us, John? Yes, I am. Wonderful to have you. Thank you for your service, sir. Holy cow. You have just really dedicated your life to serving others, and uh, I really appreciate it. Dan appreciates it, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to learn more about this article that you wrote, uh, Home Defense, What is Your Plan During a Home Invasion? Uh, what, what are some of the ideas you have? Well, I think the, the most important thing about your plan for home invasion or, or home defense is simply that as a plan. Uh, this is something you have to think about beforehand. Once it's already happened, it's too late. So this is something you have to plan for, you have to think about. It's all pre-planning. And you have to kind of figure out what are you going to do and what can you do. Uh, some people can defend themselves. Some people will not be able to do that. It's a, it's a mental switch. But you have to decide what you can do and what your capabilities are. And that's whether or not you're a firearms owner. That's whether or not you've gone to firearms training. And, of course, we are called Gun Freedom Radio. We love our Second Amendment. We own a gun store called AZ Firearms. So, um, you know, absolutely we value our Second Amendment rights. But, uh, you know, sometimes defending yourself inside of your home includes using firearms and sometimes not. So uh, can you kind of talk to us about maybe both sides of that equation? Well, I certainly can. Uh, of course, with my background, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a gun guy. I mean, I've, you know, I've always have been. I was raised that way, and my profession, my employment has required me to carry a gun 
all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just the way I was raised. So I'm, I'm going to kind of lean that way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you're not a gun enthusiast or you can't, uh, that's just not your thing, you still have to plan what you're going to do. And, uh, you know, you have to know where your exits are. You have to know how your house is set up. And you have to decide, are you going to try to basically shelter in place mm. or are you going to escape? Uh, you know, if you think the house is being invaded, you know, the first thing to do, of course, is call your law enforcement and get that started. That's, that's the absolute first thing to do. But then at that point, you have to decide whether you can escape, uh, if that's safe to do. And if it's not, then where are you going to go? Now, you can go the whole route with the safe room, you know, that you can barricade yourself in. We saw a movie about that some years ago. And that's fine and well. Most people are not going to be able to do that. But you can certainly, uh, you know, help the house and help your situation with, you know, securing an area that you can go. And everyone knows that's where you're going to go. Everyone in the family knows this is the plan. Once again, it goes to pre-planning. John, thank you for being on the show. John, thank you for being on the show. This is Dan. Hey, um, you know, the first thing I think is the best defense is to say it could happen to me, right? To be well, prepared. Well, it can. Uh, it, it can. It can certainly happen to you, and it is happening more often. Uh, you know, the, the home is a soft target, and one of the things that, you, that we always try to do is to make it less inviting. And that means lights, locks, you know, alarms, dogs. Dogs are some of the best. Right. Uh, you know, this is things that you can do to, to make your house not attractive to that burglar, to that robber. That's not what you want to do. But in, in the case it does happen, and it certainly can, in the case it does happen, if you're going to defend yourself, and from my aspect, it would basically be with a firearm, I'm going to defend my home. Uh, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm going to do. It's... Uh, and the article was based around, if you've decided to do that, now what do you do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go back into that planning. We go back into, uh, you know, rehearsal. This is nothing different that any law enforcement or military unit does on anything they do. There's a rehearsal. And realistically, for the homeowner, they need to rehearse this in their mind, actually how they're going to do it, where they're going to go, what they're going to do. And they have to decide whether they can do that. So, I'm happy to get into what type of farm I think is best, but yeah. these are the basics. You have to understand what you can do, and, and you have to pre-plan and have a plan of action Absolutely. for you and your family. And, that's, and, that's the beginning. Right. I was, I'm glad you said and your family, because if you're like a real tactical-minded guy or, or lady, and you know, you know, you know, you've played the scenarios through in your mind, and you've got it all under control, that doesn't, by osmosis, <laughs> transfer to your spouse or you know your your children um and that sort of thing and so i do uh, appreciate that you said you know you've got to have a plan for the entire family and convey that plan and practice that plan is that is that fair to say that's absolutely fair to say and uh, i mean you would do the same thing in a, in a disaster or a storm or tornado you know there's a there's a pre-planned place to meet but in this case it's the same type of situation there's a there's a plan and the family, if you're going to defend your your home, the family must secure themselves where they are. They must secure themselves in the most secure place they can and stay there. Mm-hmm. They keep a phone with them. Almost everyone's got cell phones now. And they stay there. They stay in contact. They call the police. Let them tell the police what's going on while you're doing what you're doing. 
That's fantastic. Let them help out. Let them let them do that. You know, we have a gun you in can't every. Do that at that point. We have a gun in every room of our house, and um, we also, you know, we have done a little bit of training about our house, and because you never know, and so we have a deal that if the if the doorbell rings, that we don't just go answer the door. We kind of check to make sure who's there, and especially if it's unexpected. But, um, yeah, we, we have guns in the bathrooms. We have guns in the closets. <laughs> we have guns everywhere. And, you know, I have a three-year-old grandbaby that comes over a lot, and they're, uh, they're protected. They're not where she can get to them. They're secure, but, for sure. Um, you know, who's to say? they person could know you're running the shower and think, okay, I'm going to come in while you're in the shower. Well, not in our house. You're not. Because my <laughs> wife insisted that oh, we have stainless steel guns in the <laughs> bathroom. Am I crazy, John? That's well, not a crazy I mean, and, thing. And you're certainly set up for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Not, it's not crazy. Maybe maybe a little bit farther out than most folks, but it's certainly not crazy. <laughs> I don't have quite that many, but they're certainly accessible. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, uh, but it's it and something I, a point I want to make. Uh, a lot of home invasions, you know, these are burglars that come in at night, and sometimes they're not trying to invade a house where people are, but it happens. Mm. You know, it's not always a matter of trying to, to, to go after someone who's there, because that's a hard, that, that makes the target worse, but it does happen. But the thing to think about is at night, that's your home. That's your fortress. You know where that house is. You know how it works. You know where the rooms are, where the doors are, and they do not. Mm-hmm. And that is a major advantage that you need to use. And that means you practice this in the dark, in your own home, so you know where things are. Absolutely. You know how to get to places you need to go through. Because the burglar does not know that. He hasn't been in there, hopefully. All right. He doesn't know the layout of your home. It's so true. Let's talk about the equipment. So do you have a kind of a go-to for yourself uh, when you think about absolutely. how you do your home protection? Well, I absolutely do. Uh, and, and my situation is slightly different. Since I no longer have children in the house, I'm not so worried about penetration issue. Next to the bed, so a 1911. That's that's what I like. Mm-hmm. It's there. But for home defense, I'm going to go with a. With a uh, I'm going to go with a. And I hope you don't mind me mentioning a brand name. No, please. Because I'm just used to it. I'm going to go with a Remington 870 pump 12 gauge with an extended magazine. That's what I'm going to do. Nice. I don't have the penetration problems going through walls as long as I've got the right rounds in it. It's got enough ammunition and the simple sound of racking that shotgun. And getting it ready to go very may scare this person away. Mm-hmm. There's not a way that you don't know what that sounds like. Even if you've never heard it before, you will know exactly what it is when someone racks around into a, into a Remington pump shotgun. Right, and you're not ta- that's the start. And you're not taking a small bullet. Uh, you're getting a wide pattern, so you have a better shot of hitting the target. Well, it's somewhat, but please understand. And and I think this is a, a misnomer that people sometimes make a mistake, you're not going to stand at the end of the hall and shoot in the middle hall and shoot everything in there. You know, the, a shotgun in, the, in, the, in the, the distance that you're going to be shooting in the house is going to have a four- to five-inch pattern. You still have to be able to aim. Right. But it's much easier to aim with a shotgun than with a pistol. Absolutely. It's, you know, in that situation, it's, it's much more intimidating. Visually, it's much more intimidating. And when it goes off, everybody knows what happens. Absolutely. You know, so that's that's the way I'm going to go. And I'm also, I don't have the distance issues of like with a, an AR or something, and I shoot and it goes out the window and goes into the house across the street. Wow. It's not going to happen with the shotgun. 
And these are the things. So that's that's my go-to weapon is the shotgun. Yeah, and these are the things we have to. Inner quarter-inch barrel, standard legal gun, maybe a folding stock, something that's easy to handle in the house. But that's the way I'm going to go with it. Awesome. That's that would be my suggestion. Well, you know, and it's the reason that police officers carry shotguns in their cars. That's a great point because of the sound, the sound, and the power, and the visual intimidation of that shotgun. There's a reason that we carry pump shotguns. Yeah, and use what the professionals it. use. That's awesome. Well, I can't believe our time is up already, but, John, I was looking over on OpsLens.com some of the articles that you uh, have written, and I think I have to have you back to talk about every single one of them. <laughs> I am uh, really excited about, you know, you get a little into politics, which is great. We talk about that. Um, you know, you say when security isn't enough, Right. Or when security isn't, I like that. Absolutely. Relying on local That's nationals correct. to watch your back. You talk about uh, conspiracy theories, uh, how they may have affected the the uh, recent election. We have got to have you back, and I, I hope that we'll our schedules will line up so we can do that. But um, I, we got to run for now. But I so appreciate uh, the time you've taken with us today. And again, thank you for your service to our our country. I love that you're a canine guy. That's fantastic. Well, I'm, I certainly appreciate it, and I'm at your disposal at any time. Well, I appreciate that. So, again, John Harris of OpsLens.com. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around because we have the Bill Whittle of PJ Media fame, Internet Videos and Short Films, who just recently posted a firewall video blog titled Fake News. Very interesting. Stick around. Let's talk with Bill Whittle just after these messages. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband 
husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are so glad you're here with us today. But if you kind of tuned in late, maybe you missed a little bit of today's show, you can go to our website and hear the full recording, not only of today's show, but of every show we have ever done. All 20 episodes? Oh, stop. We are on episode 74. I will have you know. I'm just trying to act younger, okay? <laughs> just trying to be a little younger. It feels like I age him every week by saying uh, this. Well, yeah. <laughs> so you could go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click on the On Demand tab, and you'll see all of the recordings. And if you click on the Guest tab, you'll see... You'll be able to put a face with all the voices you hear. We have a guest page for everyone who's ever come on the show. It's got their pictures, their logos, their links to you know their website and their Facebook page, their Twitter, all that sort of thing. It's become a wonderful uh, resource uh, for people in the firearms industry. So, speaking of recording, we are recorded. We are not live today because we are at our auction at Pot of Gold Auctions, mm-hmm. and we're having an auction today. So we have to skip and we're recording this on thursday thursday january 26 will air on saturday january 28th and we are not just having an auction on a saturday we are celebrating our 10th anniversary why do you put those years uh, on there you just make me feel <laughs> older every time we speak. our 10th anniversary of not only potofgoldestate.com but also azfirearms.com the Biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well done, Dan. All right. You're starting to get it? Okay. Well, I don't want to delay one more second. I want to bring on our guest that we have waiting in the wings, um, Bill Whittle. Yeah. The Bill Whittle. You've heard his name. You've seen his videos. Awesome guy. And uh, he is an American conservative blogger, political commentator, director, screenwriter, editor, pilot author and the voice of the Common Sense Resistance, and best known for his PJ Media Internet videos and short films. And Bill just posted a firewall video blog titled Fake News. Welcome to the show, Bill Whittle. Hey, it's great to be here, guys. How are you? Oh, very well. And uh, I understand you just got off of a, a previous interview, like minutes ago, so you are a busy, busy dude. What? what and, I've, and, and I've got one right after this. Yes, I'm getting there. Uh, I do a, a morning segment for NRA TV, so it's been an incredible honor to be associated with people who are on the gun right issue. And I came to this story very late in my life, and uh, it's just been just been an incredible honor to be uh, you know part of that voice. That's fantastic, and you are a powerful voice. You, you use social media so well, and uh, you always bring really thought-provoking topics 
to the airways and I, I just I love everything you do and I really appreciate everything you do but when Thank I you. first became aware of you you were doing that president speech video and that was all about you know the people lying about the gun laws and that and I, I just thought that was brilliant what what is that one called uh, that's called guns um, and right after uh, Mitt Romney lost in 2012 which was quite a shock for everybody I think uh, I had done a speech about four days after that, um, basically saying if, if Romney had just said these simple things, you know, he'd be president now. And that, that really got a lot of views, seven, eight million views or something. And I realized that that would be an interesting idea uh, to be basically be the virtual president of the United States and to try and show the American people what a, you know, an actual pro-American president would sound like. This would be 2013. So um, one of the topics I covered was uh, guns. And um, and basically, I did it as if it was a, a State of the Union speech, uh, directly to the to the House and the Senate, talking about um, you know why this whole thing is ridiculous and how I wouldn't sign such a law. Basically, in a nutshell, what I said was, you know, if you've got a lion problem, you don't solve the lion problem by cutting the horns off of gazelles. Mm. You know, if you if you take away the animal's right to defend itself, you're not going to get fewer lions. You're going to get more lions. And um, you know. A, also talked a little bit about um, the, the moral issue, and I think that's the problem, you know. We, we tend to get so bogged down in these issues of things like what is a high-capacity magazine and how do you define an, an assault rifle and all the rest of this. I think that's a huge mistake on our part, and I think it, it helps the left win just through, you know, doing what they do. I think the issue is pretty simple. Does a 90-pound school teacher have a right to save her own life in a parking lot at midnight, yes or no? Hmm. Pretty much it. That's wow. pretty much it. And yes. if it turns out that the answer is no, if it turns out that she doesn't have a right to defend her own life, this is a little thought for you, that would mean that human beings are the only species, or American human beings anyway, <laughs> are the only species on Earth, on Earth, that are not allowed to defend themselves. Bacteria defend themselves. Um, it, it's, when you get to that level and you can get high enough above it to see what the issue is really about, then all of a sudden things get very clear and when you talk philosophy and morality, then our progressive friends get into real trouble. Oh, so well stated. And, uh, you know, you, you sp have these messages, and they're so well-crafted, and they're so precise, and they're so fact-based. And uh, I just don't really understand how anybody could, you know, approach the argument on the other side with any luck at all. And so we, we need more of you out there but you are like I said so busy you're everywhere you're doing everything you have a brand new uh is it a daily Bill Whittle live podcast yep just started it last Friday and um we uh once I had to be in the chair my my, my hours usually moved around a lot because often I'd be up very late editing these things and so on and then um the NRA TV guys offered me a, a regular slot every morning and I thought well if I have to be in the chair at you know <clears> 10 o'clock I might as well be in the chair at 10.30. So um, it, it's it been terrific. I actually love it. I, I do a weekly show called the Stratosphere Lounge, uh, which is two or three hours of questions from from uh, the audience members on Facebook. But this is a chance for me to comment on stories as they're happening. And I would say the main problem I have is that usually these videos take a while to produce, so there's a bit of a lag time between the news and when I can get to it. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, there's so much flying around at any given moment on any given day. It's really hard to say, all right, this is the most important. And and then by the time you do get through, we have the same thing because we're two hours just once a week. So by the time we can talk about something, five more things, yep. ten more things have happened. Hey, Bill, yep. welcome to the show. This is Dan. Why do you yeah. think there's people out there that want to fight our right to defend ourselves? You know, that's the question, isn't it? And I've given this a fair amount of thought. Um, it's going to take a second to explain, but I really do think this is an awful lot of it. For the celebrities, and, and this is not most of the people we're opposing, but for the celebrities, and, and I include people like Dan Feinstein in that category, mm-hmm. the ability to have self-defense like private security guards is a perk for them. It's like a limousine or, or a private jet. You know, I get, to, I get to have armed guards protecting my life, but nobody else does, and that's a way for them to feel how much more important they are than the rest of us, and that's a big part of why they're alive. But the bigger issue, I think, Dan, and the more important issue is this. It's actually pretty simple when you get down to this. The people who are opposing gun rights are either emotionally or physically or both incapable of defending themselves. They are incapable of defending themselves, and they know it, and so if they are not able to defend themselves, they don't want anybody else to be able to defend themselves either. Yeah. It comes down to a case of personal uh, cowardice and, and, and incompetence and all the rest of these little neuro- neuroses that are getting more popular. But it really comes down to that. It's like, you think of it this way. If, if somebody had an immortality pill and somebody had an, a pill that would make you live forever and certain people were getting the pill, but you weren't, your first reaction you know, would be to ban the pill. How come they get to live forever and I don't? Uh, when you, the one thing I've never heard people really address is that just the, it's just raw cowardice. We don't use that word very often anymore these days, but it's what it is. It's physical cowardice. It's an, mostly it's emotional cowardice. They are not willing to accept the reality of the world we live in. They're not willing to accept the fact that there are murderers out there. There are, there are uh, you know, uh, multiple, um, you know, Serial killers. There are there are these gang shootings. There are you know lone shooters going shooting at places, and they don't want to face that. And as long as it's not their responsibility, they don't have to face it. So they have to have something that they control. And I don't want to go on too long with this, but if you really want to think about it, here's another way to think about it too. You know, the the leftist thinking on this is very primitive. They're transferring all of the evil in our world onto an inanimate object, and then they want to chuck that inanimate object into the volcano, and then that'll solve the problem. Mm. Uh, it, it's very much like throwing a, a, you know, a virgin into a volcano or, or, or sacrificing anything else. They know, they know that they can't do anything about insanity, murder. They cannot do anything about it because that's the human condition. Their theory of people is that with enough uh, gentle prodding from, their, from our masters, uh, all of these problems would go away, but they won't go away. So they have to figure out what to blame if they can't blame the murder. So, and Bill, if we take gun, if we take these handy. weak people that want to make us equal to them, it makes them stronger, right? It 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 makes it reduces their level of weakness. It, it reduces it to the average. There's kind of interesting genetic stuff behind this, basically, but basically. When I say genetic, I mean a strategy for survival. There's mm-hmm. like a kind of a wolf strategy and a rabbit strategy. And, and the rabbit strategy is just large numbers, and the wolf strategy essentially is highly trained individuals. And basically, the, the rabbit strategy says, okay, we're going to take some losses. They're going to be hawks and 
boxes and all the rest of it. But as long as they're not selecting out certain individuals, then then they can live with it. For example, if you're a let's, one of the things I did actually that I was really quite happy with was um, I tried to decide what would happen if you were to put this kind of a wolf mentality into a herd animal. Uh, and so imagine for a second that you're um, that you wake up and you've got the gift of language, but that's all. Your your mind and your language are in the body of a of a gazelle, mm-hmm. and you wake up with a hundred other conservative gazelles. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, the gazelles go out on the on the Serengeti every day, and they they walk out there, and they know that lions are out there. They know it, but the the rationale, the you know the the behavioral rationale anyway, is that look, the lion doesn't always score gets one out of three, mm-hmm. and I don't have to run faster than the lion. I just have to run faster <laughs> than Fred. Right. right? If true. I can run faster than Fred, then I'll be fine. And one day he's going to be Fred, but that day is in the future, so he doesn't have to worry about it. If, if people like us were to wake up in the body of gazelles, because the lions take the weak and the lions take the young and, and so on. Mm. If we were to wake up in the body of gazelles, a hundred of us, and we had the ability to communicate, immediately what we would do is we form kind of a convoy. Mm-hmm. We put the the women and the children in the middle. We put the younger and older males around the outside, and then we peel off fifteen or twenty of us, and we go find out where that lion lived, and we'd stomp him to death. And if we lost a couple people, then we lost a couple people. We're going to lose them anyway, but at mm-hmm. least our, our our women and our children are safe, and and then the lion's gone. And, and that's just a completely different way of thinking about things. It, it requires initiative. It requires courage. It, it requires intelligence. Uh, and it requires competence and cooperation. All of these things are things that conservatives do very well, and and progressives just don't. Well, and but then, mostly they just don't have the guts. They, that's just that simple, really. Well, and then they would vilify. You know, well, why why are you saying that lions are bad? You know, it's like why are you trying to make the lion starve to death? Why don't you just I'm let not. him eat you? You know, this is the the progressive exactly mindset what, and argument. That's right? exactly what they would say. And my response to that would be. Why does the gazelle have horns? Why? To defend itself. And, if, and what you want to do is you want to saw the horns off of a gazelle, make it easier for the lions. That's just nuts. There's not an animal in the world that doesn't get to defend itself. I have to tell you, I, I had a real fun kind of an insight on this once. Um, I was watching these nature videos. I don't know if you've ever seen these before, but it's, uh, there's videos, multiple videos of, of uh, killer whales, and they'll take seals and they'll get them very close to shore and they'll run the seals up on the beach and then they'll get them because they've got nowhere else to escape to and these gigantic enormous huge killing machines these killer whales go right up onto the beach you know almost fully out of the water to to take these seals and i've seen this a few times and then i saw one of these uh, same examples and this killer whale chased this little tiny seal up on the beach and snapped its jaws and he missed that seal by about a half an inch and while he was up there stranded on the beach, that little seal turned around and bit him on the nose. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. And I thought, that's it. Yeah. That's it. You're telling me that's that awesome. that seal doesn't have a right to do that? You're telling me that that seal's job in life, its occupation, is to just surrender and be lunch for somebody? Wow. No. No. That's, that <laughs> is awesome. Hey, we got to run to commercial real quick. You're sticking around for another segment with us? I can. I'm going to have to be out of here at about 45 after, but I'd be happy to. I will make that happen. Thank you so much. We are talking with Bill Whittle, and we've got much more coming up right after these messages.
Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And we are talking today with the Bill Whittle, best known for his PJ Media internet videos and short films, and of course his video blog titled Firewall. Now, Bill, are you still with us? I sure enough am. Awesome. Well, we were saying uh, at the very top of our first hour that we were going to try to originally do this interview where we were interviewing you, but then you had us up on Skype on your new daily uh, podcast called Bill Whittle Live. Uh, Skype sometimes gets gremlins, so that didn't (laughs) end up happening, and that's fine. Uh, But you also have a new video series called We the People V version, I guess, V 2.0. Tell us what's going on with that. And and when do you even sleep? That's what I really need to know. You're you're like President Trump. You're just like, oh, my God. Right. An hour and a half a day. You're good. Thank you. Um, Yeah. I, you know, I've done a lot of um, public speaking over the last eight years and uh, talked to a lot of people. And most people's concern out there, most conservatives concern is young people. Uh, the schools are just indoctrination centers now, and so many young people call themselves socialists and so on. And uh, there's an incredible organization out there called Turning Point USA, which is a collection of conservative groups on campuses. And I know the president of that pretty well, and he said, you know, maybe you should do some videos for us. And he thought, oh, maybe we'll do safe spaces on college campus or free speech or something. But I said, uh, his name is Charlie Kirk. I said, Charlie... Uh, my awesome experience guy, been, by the way. Yeah, he's a great guy. My experience has been that the reason that these kids call themselves socialists is because they don't understand anything about economy, nothing. And 
and I want to do them on money, capitalism, socialism, government, corporations. What are these things? And it's just a real three or three or four minute basic one topic idea of what is capitalism and why is it morally superior to socialism. You know, they're told all the time these kids, oh, socialism is fair and socialism is, you know, doesn't have the income inequalities and so on and so on and so on. Mm. Capitalism allows you to determine your own life. And, and you want to talk about fair? Is it fair that a, that a guy who, who sleeps on, the, on his couch and plays video games till he's 30 gets the same amount of money as a person who's been studying to be a brain surgeon since they were 18, who, who gave up their entire youth, you know, of partying and playing around and just hit the books? And, and studied and studied and studied in order to be able to save people's lives. It's fair that these people get the same um, compensation. Where did, what's the matter with you? When, you? when you get to that place, it's really easy. And, you know, this is the thing. The left argues always exclusively from a position of moral and intellectual superiority. They, all of their arguments are about how they're good people and how we're bad people. And all of, that's, that's all they do. It's all they mm-hmm. can do. So and it's a very juvenile thing, thought process, really, if you think about it. Absolutely. It is, but it's effective. And so what happens is we always back down. We, we, we go into the technicalities of the argument, and we back down from the part that really matters. People don't really vote the way they think. They vote the way they feel. Mm. And, and so we have been terrible at telling stories and terrible at making the moral case. We get all... Facts are on our side and history and logic and all the rest, so we go there. And they just go to the human story, and they win every time. Mm. And I'm tired of it. So, um, you know, when you have to find out what, their, what the left's unearned moral superiority is. They're, they're going to pretend that they're better than you over something. And you've got to hit them right there. And just kick them there, and they've got nothing left. For example, um, they've got here in Los Angeles, uh, you drive down the 405 freeway, and you'll see these Priuses with a bumper sticker that'll say, you know, coexist on it. I'm sure you've, you've seen those by now. It's mm-hmm. a sign of all the religions, you know, the, uh, you know and, and, it's, and it says coexist. What's, that, what's actually going on there? Well, it's, it's that guy's way, it's that liberal's way of showing to everybody else on the freeway how open-minded he is and how compassionate he is and how intelligent he is and, and what a decent swell fellow he is and how he's not prejudiced <laughs> or anything and all the rest of it. And I look at that bumper sticker and I say, you know what, the O-Exist doesn't have any problems getting together. It's the C that's causing all the problems here. Mm. You know, that's a big uh, crescent C for, for Islam. Mm. And, so sad. and you realize what this is, is it's called virtue signaling. He's simply trying to show everybody what, a, what an advanced guy he is because he's in favor of peace. Well, guess what, genius? You know, I'm in favor of peace, too. I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I have many friends in the military. I believe in the strongest, most powerful military in the world is the best guarantee of peace. I believe in peace, too. But if there's not going to be peace, I want to be on the side that's going to win. I don't remember who said this. It was, uh, it was some general or chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. It was at least 10, 15 years ago. He was talking about, I think, the Cold War ending or something. And this uh, general said, it's absolutely true that the day may come when the lion lays down with the lamb, but if that day comes, we'd better damn well be the lion. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, man, mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly how I feel. Exactly right. Now, you're, you're doing a high school and college tour. Is that based on these things we've just been talking about? It's not exactly a cemented tour just yet. I've, I've been doing a lot of high schools and colleges. Um, 
and it's been fun because I run into an awful lot of uh, socialist kids that were like, they, they claim they're socialist progressive kids. And again, it's the moral argument, right? They, they, mm. they think that they're better than we are because they believe in socialism. <laughs> it's sometimes it's just too easy. I was at <laughs> Oberlin College once. It's, it's a, Oberlin is the most progressive college in, in America. It's where reason and logic go to die. And, um, <laughs> And I was quote you on and that. I, and, absolutely. And I saw, I saw something like six out of ten people in the audience said they were socialists. And I said, okay, wow. socialists, what kind of phones do you have? And I held up my iPhone. They said, well, why do you want to know? I said, I'm just curious. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not going to steal them from you. <laughs> what do you got? And, and they, they held up their phones. And I said, okay, socialists, well, we've got easily $2,000 worth of electronics in here. So what I want to do is, when I'm finished here, we over shortly, you guys bring down your phones, all of us together, we'll put them in a box, we'll go down to a pawn shop, we'll get $2,000, that's $120 bills, and then we'll go out and we'll distribute that $20 bills to the homeless in Cleveland, because from each according to their ability, to each according to his need, bring them down. And guess what? They Uh-oh. don't bring them down. They say <laughs> things like, that's my phone. Mm-hmm. And I say, yes, it is. Yeah, but he would take his neighbor's phone and say, yeah, that's right. it's only morally that's right. right if you give up your phone. That, that's it. You say, it's my phone, then yes, technically it's your dad's, but let's not split hairs here. <laughs> uh, and, they, and, they, um, and, and so what you find is, is that these so-called socialists are all about wealth redistribution when it's somebody else's wealth being redistributed to them. But when it's time for them to distribute their wealth to other people, they're suddenly William F. Buckley. They're rock-ribbed capitalists. <laughs> and this kind of thing is the thing that really opens up uh, minds because it puts them in a place where they, they can't escape. Once they've heard the argument, they're, they're, they're confronted with their own hypocrisy and they have to do something one way or another. Well, Bill, it, I'm sure there's a place you can tell these uh, young socialists that they could sell all their stuff and go to another country that has that and they'd, they don't have to do anything. They're already there, right? Funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny how that works, how all of these rich celebrities who are talking about how great socialism is, like Michael Moore, are capitalists with tens, or, tens of millions of dollars. They, they could go live in a socialist utopia. They could even go to Canada, which is a very nice place, but they don't. They stay here. Mm. And it's because this is where you can actually do something with your life. It's, yeah, you, no, you, you hit it exactly right. It's exactly right. They don't go. Um, and what does that tell you? You know, I think the, the probably the finest argument I think I ever made uh, was I flew to I've been to Guantanamo Bay twice uh, voluntarily, as it turns out, both times. And um, that's a good I thing. Flew, <laughs> yes, it is. You so weren't mandated to be there. No, no, no. I just decided Obama let you out. Uh, <laughs> no, he did. He let me in, which was the big mistake. Um, so, and it's a fine place with very fine people, by the way. Uh, but. When you're flying over the Straits of Florida, I grew up in Miami, you can see 90 miles of, of open ocean between Cuba and Florida. And looking down at this huge expanse, I think, how many people crossed that water on inner tubes and how many people didn't, you know? Mm. How many people got swept out to sea? Yeah. How, many, how many thousands of people watched their grandmothers drown or their little babies drown or be eaten by sharks? And, and I realized that if 60% of the rafts were coming our way and 40% were going their way, we'd be a better system. But it's not 60-40, and it's not 90-10, and it's not 99-1. It's mm. 100% of the rafts are going from the free health care in, in Cuba to come to uh, the capitalism in America. You don't see a dentist take his family down to the beach in Fort Lauderdale, strap them to a bunch of inner tubes and, and lawn chairs, and push off to go south for the free health care. It just doesn't happen. Amen. 
Well, thank you so much, Bill. We really appreciate you coming on so many. I mean, we could just keep talking forever, but I know you've got another interview waiting for you as soon as we hang up. So We need to do a special 10-hour interview with you. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get me started because I'll actually take you up on that. And, um, and I'm it. one of these people. Some people get paid by the word. I, I actually get paid by the pound. Uh, you know, just, <laughs> nice. So, yeah, well, great. Well, check out all the great work that Bill Whittle is doing at BillWhittle.com. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, guys. Good talking to you. You Thank too. You. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around through these messages because we still have our responsibly armed citizen report, which is a little longer than usual. And hopefully I will leave time for Dan's commentary. Um, maybe not. But no, <laughs> no promises because... As he says, he barely gets to word in edgewise here. We'll see. Stick around. Hi, folks. I'm Don Carter. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment. Staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, these two hours fly by so fast, and I I guess I probably say that at the end of every show, but I, I swear I feel like I've just said hello and it's already time to start winding down. But this final segment is where we do our responsibly armed citizen report and we we try to bring you the stories that you're never going to hear on the national news media whether it's cnn or whether it's fox or you take your pick but this particular story we're going to talk about today i think they did actually pick up on some of the the bigger um networks so kudos to them But uh, before we get started, of course, we have to play our little Superman cue from the vintage Superman show, which is... Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. I love that. 
by the way, (laughs) responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense and 200,000 times a year a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Well, our story today, as I said, you may have actually gotten to hear about on national news, but happened right here in Arizona, where our show is is recorded from and, and broadcast from. A responsibly armed citizen is all that stood between danger and an Arizona DPS officer on a lonely stretch of highway in the Arizona desert. This citizen insists that he's no hero, but to the officer and his family, and to us, he is. And the difference between life and death on that day was the fact that Thomas Yoxall, a gun owner, said he doesn't have, who says he doesn't have law enforcement or military training, but that he took gun safety seriously and practiced at shooting ranges. No laws mandated or made this man get training. No laws mandated or made this man take life-saving action. And because we don't have arbitrary restrictions and mandates against the Second Amendment and the freedoms to keep and bear arms, this citizen was able to save the life of a first responder. And this story ends with the good guys getting to go home at the end of the day. And there is just... Nothing like hearing the words directly from the person who was confronted with the split-second decision to take action to save another's life. So we want you to listen to the press conference. It's a little lengthy, but hang in there. It is worth every word. Here's the press conference of, of the hero, Thomas Yoxel, who saved the life of an Arizona DPS officer because he was a trained and responsibly armed citizen. Good afternoon. Thank you for uh, being here today. Uh, As I'd indicated over the last week and a half, uh, we were going to introduce you to uh, our good citizen uh, that uh, inevitably saved the life of Trooper Anderson. Uh, Thomas and I have been able to uh, talk quite a bit over the last week and a half. Uh, He's spoken with the governor, and the governor's given him his thanks. uh, And I am uh, proud to introduce him and, and what he has done for this agency and uh, I would thank the media for how you guys have handled this uh, given us the time and the time that Thomas needed to uh, present himself and to talk so without uh, further introduction uh, our good citizen and our hero Thomas Shoxel first of all I'd like to say thanks to Colonel Milstead and everybody in the DPS and law enforcement that has been supportive throughout this um, it's overwhelming to say the least. Um, I would like to personally thank the media for their professionalism throughout this and respecting my desire to initially stay anonymous. It has been helpful. Some people might wonder and ask why I'm coming forward now, um, initially wishing to be anonymous. Uh, to that I say it's part of my healing process and moving forward and coming to grips with that incident um, Thursday morning. I know there was some question um, about any type of law enforcement or military training that I might have had, and I can say that I've had no such training. Um, I do, though, feel that it's a right and a privilege to be a private gun owner, and with that right and privilege comes a great responsibility 
not only for myself, but to those around me. So I have taken the time to make sure several times a year um, to go out and practice those safety techniques to make sure that I'm always responsible. From this point forward, I know that people will look into my past. I do have a past, just like everyone else does. And I would ask that people remember that those moments of poor judgment have not dictated my future, nor represent the person that I am here today. That morning, I never would have dreamt that I was going to save somebody's life, let alone take the life of another individual. It is something that will stick with me. As I was coming up onto the scene, slowing down, I can see Trooper Anderson's lights on and the flares in the road. As I proceeded to go forward, I noticed the suspect on top of Trooper Anderson beating him in a savage way. I immediately pulled over, responded to Trooper Anderson. My commands were ignored by the suspect as Trooper Anderson called out for help. And I alleviated the threat to him. I firmly believe that that morning I was put there, as Colonel Milstead said before, by God. It's difficult to think about that day still. Wow. You know, I had the pleasure of meeting Thomas um, yesterday. And I want to tell you that this man is a very humble, God-loving person. And I just can't believe what he has gone through. This man will live with this for the rest of his life. He did have to take another man's life. And uh, he, he's going to be hurt by that for a long time. And But what could we... I mean, the officer would have been dead if, if it wouldn't have been for his help. It's so true. And we've got a little bit of a follow-up here. Let's listen to this next part. I don't consider myself a hero. Um, in all honesty, the heroes that day were the first responders who offered aid and comfort to Trooper Anderson. All members of law enforcement that were there on the scene assisting and on a daily basis. Um, those are the heroes, um, and they always will be. I'm an ordinary person. I go to work. I do photography. I hang out with my friends and family. Um, I read. I was put in extraordinary circumstances, and I may have acted heroically, but I don't consider myself a hero at all. And I've never felt that being a gun owner should be stigmatized. So, yeah, as you were saying, Dan, I mean, suppose that there were laws that had restricted him from even being able to help out, right? So not only would we have most likely, I mean, obviously... If Thomas were going to take the actions that he did, he felt that it was a life or death situation. So most likely a a deceased, murdered officer. And now what happens when the officer's dead? 
now the bad guy has the officer's firearm and the officer's car and anything that's in the officer's car. Right. Many more people could have been hurt uh, or killed. The, in, you know, I talked to him for about an hour, hour and a half yesterday. He was gracious enough to come by the store and um, just wanted to thank him for what he had done. And the thing that hurt me the worst about this whole thing is I asked him, I says, uh, did anybody else pull over to help? Mm. And he said several cars went by and just looked and went right on by. Mm. And uh, to me, that was my the weakest time for me. I, I just felt really bad to know that our society would drive by and let an officer be beat. Well, and how many of them had, oh, I got my, my iPhone out. I'm recording it. I'm going to post it on thing. Facebook. And did he somebody say that? did do that. Somebody did do that. Wow. So, you know, no, you know, it we did. need more people like him. And he did tell me, I didn't ask him what his past was, but he was not happy with his past. But we should measure people by what they are today. You know, I've made bad decisions in my life. We all have made bad decisions. But what he did that day, he was a hero. And he saved that man's life. Well, I, I hope you'll forgive me for not giving you time to uh, do your commentary, but I like what you just said, and I think James Brown would too. I really wanted to talk about the, the riots that we had last week. Yeah, you are not happy with these people, but we do not have time today. We will do it next Saturday. How about that? If it'll be too late then. They'll be forgotten about. You know, <laughs> that's what I do here. I fill in just little tiny, tiny little words. <laughs> and Cheryl just. But when okay. you do speak, you know, James Brown gets so excited that he says. Hey! He doesn't do that when I talk. Well, James Brown and I go back a lot longer than you and I. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, we've got. Hey! Is that good? No. no. Stop no. it. Give it up. <laughs> Give it just sounds true. like I'm clearing my throat. Okay. Yes. Until <laughs> we want to thank all of our, our guests, our listeners, our tech crew. Uh, and, and until next time, please continue daily to pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Mm, um, yes, okay. all of them. All of them. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Especially the ones you don't like, including the ones you don't like. I think I said that backwards. Yeah. Either way, pray for all of them. Be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here, did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.